Hi, this is Gina Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. This here show originates from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. An argument, or it could be made that it is the barbecue capital of the world. We'll keep the North Coast for now. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. Tonight is your night. If you are ready to lock and load on the phone, let's have it. In lieu of the phone, you can shoot me an email. Here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the third Tuesday of the month. I'm sorry, third Tuesday. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month. We are closing out February in grand fashion. And joining me in the first interview segment is uh, what many have known to become the face of Green Mountain Grills. He's been a longtime supporter of this show. Likewise, a longtime friend of mine. Not only have we had magnificent chats here on the show, but we have also had magnificent chats and time spent together in person. Jason, one of the few, I'm letting out of the cat out of the bag a little early, but Jason, one of the few folks that I have actually met and hung out with in person. It's not just a virtual relationship like it is mostly with folks that I talk to here on this show. But Jason Baker will be returning back to the show in about 12 minutes from now. We will talk to Jason about the prime line of Green Mountain Grills. We'll get a little bit of a refresh on all of the offerings that they have, both Prime and Choice. Of course, Choice was the original line, and Prime is out probably in that year neighborhood, maybe coming up on a year. So we'll get a little bit of a refresh on uh, what separates Prime and Choice, uh, why the Prime line came to be, some features, benefits, and then we'll also talk about some things that they're going to be looking at potentially introducing here during the course of the year. And when I mean the year, I mean middle, uh, later portions of the year, no firm time frames on anything. So that'll be Jason Baker, 14 past, 35 past the hour, the fourth Tuesday of the month, regular guests in the first hour, a uh, widely known barbecue live fire journalist and the owner of DerekRiches.com. Derek Riches will join me 
and we will talk about, uh, amongst other things, the Weber Smokefire initial blush and uh, first run-ups, things that he has seen on the internet, things that I have seen on the internet. We will also talk about pellet cookers in general. We'll talk about expectations from a buyer standpoint. We'll talk about expectations that the manufacturer might want to consider implementing as things move forward here. Obviously, the Weber Smoke Fire is certainly a huge topic, especially over the past two weeks now on any type of Facebook group that is dedicated to that particular cooker. And anybody that can get their hands on one and tell you anything about it, it is a race to social media to let you know that it is the biggest piece of crap on the face of the earth or it is the best cooker on the face of the earth. And few seem to be in between. It's like eating dry-aged beef. You you hate it or you love it. Right now, Weber Smokefire Garning, give me an A and give me an F. That's kind of the way I like to live my life, give me an A or give me an F. So uh, Weber Smokefire doing its thing right now, but we'll uh, also talk about that. And that will bring a close to the first hour. And then we will move to the second hour. And as I had mentioned, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month. And in the second hour, that can only mean one thing. We are going to refire the embedded correspondence segment. That's right. Everybody's favorite segment, widely growing here over the last year and change. And not only will we have the stalwarts of the panel, that being the longest running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas. We also have Steve Ray from Tennessee, and we also have John Solberg, Michigan correspondent, also executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. And tonight, first time embedded correspondent, we will designate him in the Wisconsin area. Ricer is in, Jeff Rice. Now, assuming technology is performing the way it should be, and I have no idea if it is happening. The only thing I can see is some red blurb running across the top of my screen right now saying that we are also simulcasting the Barbecue Central Show feed to Jeff Rice channel, which is Dead Broke BBQ. A lot of you, like tens and thousands, the tens of thousands of you are already subscribed to him anyway on Dead Broke, uh, Dead Broke BBQ. So... Make sure that you uh, sub up to him, but make sure also in an hour and change you tune in as Jeff Rice will be part of the panel now making four up plus my witty responses and comebacks should they see fit to work in there. So happy to have Jeff Rice aboard here at least this evening and depending on how he does, that could be a semi-recurring role, could be a whole hell of a lot of recurring role as in a monthly and we'll have to... See how all of that goes. But if anybody has the opportunity to check Jeff's channel and see if we are actually simulcasting out to his, we tested it over the weekend. It worked, but I also wasn't streaming out to YouTube and Facebook and to tune in as well. So if you have an option, go ahead and let me know. I'm not monitoring any chat out there as well, so I'll just have to take your word for it. And we're happy to have you word. By the way, as we talk about. recurring, semi-recurring. But I was on the phone a little earlier with Sterling Ball, and he called to my attention that I have made a grave error with his inclusion into the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. And I have to agree with him. After I heard his complaint, I do have to agree. Somehow he was thrown in 
on the one-off guest. At best, or at worst, he should be recurring. Semi-recurring. Definitely not a one-off guest. I apologize. Uh, I'll have to ask the embedded correspondence if I can remember in an hour from now how that actually happened anyway. Um, John, Doug, Steve, do we recall how we settled on Sterling getting in as a one-off and not a semi-recurring? I don't. That's weird. Anyway, we are all ready to rock and all ready to roll here. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. All ready to it, rock. It was it was top of the second hour. Top of the second hour. Okay. Got it? Right? Right. Nobody knows what just happened. I mean, I know what happened there, but nobody else knows what happened. It just was very awkward for a second. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show. I'm not seeing it on Rivers. Hmm. Rivers Channel. Who's Rivers? Uh, Ricer. Dang it. Autocorrect. Okay. Well, that's not good. We will stop broadcasting there, and we will try to rebroadcast there here in a second. As I was saying... At BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me there. You can also grab me on Facebook slash BBQ Central Show. There's also a live video feed there. I've uh, tried to reattempt to establish over a dead broke, but you'll have to be my eyes and ears. So let me take a. Oh, sorry. So I already did that last week. Yeah, so we're all set up. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, I apologize for anybody that was looking to grab the video over on Jeff Rice Dead Broke Barbecue YouTube channel. Uh, as we always do, we check and recheck when it doesn't count. And then when things go live, when it does count, it just screws up and blows up right in my face. How dare you? I don't know why we bother putting in an ounce of effort. So come on over to the Barbecue Central show on Facebook or on my YouTube page. It's not nearly as elegant or reticent as Ricer's page is, but that's all right. You can suffle through here. Uh, Greg, where are you located? Recognize the 216 area code. Well, we are due east of downtown in Wycliffe, Ohio. We'll call that's why I say Cleveland. I mean, if you're not from here, a lot of people don't know where Wycliffe is. But it's 10 miles due east out of downtown proper. There you go. All right, Jason Baker coming up out of the break. Hey, you work in Mayfield. Well, you know where Wycliffe is. Then I know where Mayfield is. I go by it like every day, depending on which way I'm going to work. Jason Baker coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, of course. That's coarse ground and a natural pork casing. They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue meats, if you would like. All those meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over Texas post-oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store at southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note mailed to multiple addresses without additional charges. 
All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness. Upon arrival, all meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility. Meat markets for fresh products. Custom orders are welcome as well. If you want to eat, go to Elgin, Texas since 1882 and eat there or Bastrop since 2014. Goes through distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the best part. If you shop southsidemarket.com, as you're checking out, use promo code BBQ Central. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, BBQ Central, all one word, lowercase. They get 10% off your entire order. It's not just for the first time. It's the next time and the 50th time and the 48th time. You can do it. Of course you can. It's southsidemarket.com, promo code BBQ Central. We'll step away real quick. I will try Dead Broke one more time, and we will also raise up Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grill. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All the products tested on the competition circuit and backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. Always trust your butcher. Don't forget to check out his podcast, too. Good listen. My first guest tonight, longtime sponsor of this show. I am a proud owner of their Jim Bowie and Daniel Boone models. Now both lines as well. Also, mega proud owner of the Pizza Oven Insert, which I hype to no end. And tonight we will talk about the business of Green Mountain Grills along with the line of cookers. So let's race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Jason Baker. Hey, Jay. Greg, how are you? I am absolutely fabulous, my friend. Appreciate you making time for the show as always. And lots of different stuff to touch on as it relates to Green Mountain Grills and pellet cookers in general, I guess. So... You know, uh, are we right around uh, a year or ch- a year and change of the prime release of last year? Yeah, that's about right. We uh, we introduced uh, right around this time last year and uh, and ran out of them pretty quick. So that's good, right? We we'd rather run out than have an amazing surplus, real quick. Yes, <laughs> yes, true. All right. Very, very true. Let's talk about the release of the Prime, and I guess before we talk about the release a year ago, why did we want to bring Prime to the marketplace? The Choice line was doing really well. It was widely accepted, but uh, what, what was the impetus of the Prime line? 
Yeah, so, you know, for years, we just kind of listened to what everybody told us, that they wanted a pellet grill. Uh, that's kind of how the company started to begin with. And for years, we kind of listened to what everybody was telling us from our Facebook fans to our uh, everyday fans uh, telling us, hey, I wish the grill had this, I wish the grill had that. And we kind of took all of that energy, uh, all of those ideas, and put it into the Prime Grill. That was the whole point of the Prime. It was to give the customers exactly what they had, they had asked for for a number of years. And so uh, things like the ash vac, uh, being able to suck the ash out uh, from outside of the grill, that was a big deal to customers. Uh, being able to use two meat probes, that was a big deal for customers. Uh, having more torque in the auger motor to make sure that we could deliver any pellets. We don't care what, uh, what pellets people use. Obviously, we want them to use Green Mountain Grill pellets, but... Uh, we, we recognize that there are a lot of pellets out there. So we added uh, almost 12 pounds of torque to the auger motor through direct current. Uh, we added uh, the ability to microinvert our fans to really hone in on temperature control. We learned over years that moving the heat shield left to right just a little bit uh, changes the whole pattern of how airflow moves through the, through the unit. We beefed up the heat shield to make sure it was... Uh, uh, making sure that we could manage that fire a little bit better. So all these things that we added to the grill uh, were just a culmination of, of uh, feedback we received from customers. So that's kind of where we where we got to with the Prime. Jason Baker joining me here on the show from Green Mountain Grills, the website greenmountaingrills.com, of course. So Jason, as you are constantly getting feedback from the customer base and you're considering making a, a completely new line of cookers implementing the the best of the best ideas like how do you know which ones are the best ideas and which ones are just like people looking to pick nits and and they would find something wrong with even the best you know we test greg i mean i think that that's the key with everything is just testing we spend so many so much time testing every idea because every idea uh could lead to a domino effect of other issues for us so for us it's all about the testing and it's all about asking right we don't uh we don't live in a little bubble here at Green Mountain Grills. You know, we, every employee has our grill. Every employee knows how to uh, operate our grill, knows how to fix our grill, knows how to talk to somebody about, uh, you know, what could be going on or what their expectation is with this particular situation. Uh, so for us, it's all about testing. And yeah, has there been some ideas? Have there been some ideas that we've uh, found that we've gone, well, that's not going to work? Yeah, of course. But that comes from a lot of testing. When we talk about a company carrying multiple lines, I was just talking with uh, Andrew Coster from uh, Pit Boss last week. They have a, a number of different lines within the lines. They have a number of different cooker within the lines. Um, you guys are uh, obviously not, uh, I guess, as, as big as Danson's, but you have two lines now. So you have the Choice line, which was like the, the initial Green Mountain Grill cooker uh, that I have a, mm -hmm. a pair of. And then we have the Prime line now is... Is there any thought to, at some point, phasing out a choice line and having the Prime be the, the flagship and the one and only product line, or not so much? Yeah, so what we did was we kind of looked at the uh, arena as Wi-Fi versus non-Wi-Fi. And so the choice grills that we're offering now are all non-Wi-Fi. So that is a kind of a price point grill that gets anybody right into the uh, pellet grilling world at a very reasonable cost. So that's why we've kept those. Uh, choice Daniel Boone, choice uh, Jim Bowie uh, lines going in the factory. And then the other side of it is, yes, the Prime, which are all Wi-Fi. 
and then the Davy Crockett, uh, which is also technically prime at this point because we kind of looked at everything from direct current versus alternating current. The item that I keep going back to and that I want to make sure for we have a lot of new people in the chat here tonight, if they're not familiar with the Green Mountain Grill Prime, uh, certainly there's the what I call the peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber and the pellet hopper. I'll ask you a follow-up question about the one on the main chamber here in mm-hmm. a second. But the 12-volt power adapter, as you had just alluded to, the Davy Crockett was really the first one to employ this type of powering. But then as the Prime lines came out, you also adapted that to the Jim Bowie and the uh, Davy or the uh, the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Why are they, or why is that 12 volt so unique and so important? Well, for us, it, it was unique because we could monitor that airflow a lot easier uh, when we managed our RPMs from a very low point all the way to a very high point, and so being able to really hone in on you know, a certain RPM out of that uh, fan instead of a low, medium, high gave us super control over the air through that tunnel. And the other side of it was with direct current, we were actually able to uh, uh, add torque to the auger motor. So that was another big plus for us. And uh, the fact that that, uh, direct current parts have been uh, seemingly at this point, uh, we've seen them uh, much more robust than our alternating current parts. And so that was a, a big, uh, a big uh, leap for us to go into the prime with this all in mind. And I think it's safe. It's a lot safer of a product as well. Uh, is this an instance where if you happen to take one of these on the road, you could go into a 12-volt adapter in your car if you had to? 100%, yeah. Being able to plug, plug that in directly to your vehicle, uh, being, we actually include alligator clips with every single one of our units, so that can run right off of a uh, battery. Uh, until you have a, a depth of discharge on the battery itself. But, yeah, that, that kind of uh, mobility was a big part of it as well, for sure. The peak-in window on the cooking chamber. Now we talked a little bit about it last year, and I was a little sketchy, and I have been relatively sketchy on anything on a cooking chamber that you can look into, simply because it seems really like a great idea the first time you use it, but the fifth time you use it, you can barely see through it. And then, oh my God, it is such a pain in the ass to clean. You wonder, well, why did they bother putting it in in the first place? Is this going to be any different, or is it going to be one of those things where it's a limited visibility, and then all of a sudden you really can't see through it? I think it's up to the individual customer. I think that we've listened to customers ask for this for a number of years, and uh, what I see, at least on the forums, is some people love it, some people hate it, and if you hate it, it goes black, and it's uh-huh. covered, and... Uh, you don't ever have to worry about it. That is what it is. But, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, lemon juice uh, seems to cut right through that uh, that grease on the window. I clean my window uh, often enough if I just want to peek in there and see what's happening. But uh, some people, if you don't like it, it's, it's not a deal breaker. It, it can go black and the, the grill still operates just fine. So we're battling against the laziness of America. By the way, that's the host talking and not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Something uh, like that. <laughs> GreenMountainGrills.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, and then I guess the other big portion of this is from a chassis standpoint, uh, the primes are built on uh, what we would call more of a, a heftier or robust build. Absolutely, yeah. We added, so the original choice, Daniel Boone Wi-Fi uh, and Daniel Boone were 150 pounds, 152 pounds. 
And now these girls are almost 200 pounds. And then on the gym buoy, they're almost 230 pounds. So we added a lot of steel. We wanted to make sure one of the things that people complained about, uh, because they do move their grills, people that move their grills around a lot, uh, people would complain that the legs were a little, um, uh, not as robust as they could be. So we added a ton of weight into those legs. Uh, we tied in a very nice uh, bottom shelf so folks could uh, uh, put some items down in the bottom shelf. And then we also added a front shelf. So all of this comes in, in the grill uh, as a part of the price. We don't try to add on anything uh, to the grill. I mean, you're going to get a Daniel Boone Wi-Fi Prime for $6.99, and that grill's going to have pretty much everything you need and everything you see uh, that some folks would, would add uh, a cost to. Uh, we don't do that. We put it all in that grill. On top of that, as we talk about tech, then there is also the associated app that you will download to a smart device. You'll be able to turn the grill off. You make temperature adjustments, read internal meat temperatures, all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the app, you know, when we first started uh, uh, coming out with the app, the app was 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 focused on uh, simple things like uh, monitoring temperatures, uh, raising and lowering temperatures. We we can't turn your grill on from your uh, from the server mode, but you could always turn the grill on uh, in making sure that you're in your Wi-Fi network, making sure that you're home, and then being able to uh, flip the server and still monitor temps uh, up and down. But the other side of this was actually really giving customers a lot of control from a temperature calibration side. You know, we, we learned really quick that people, hey, I, I have this third-party air device and it's telling me that my grill is at uh, 242 degrees and yours is at 231 degrees. So let's uh, give you a calibration, the ability to go in and change that thermal sensor to match your third party device. So we gave that kind of uh, control through the app. We also did it on the, on the meat probe. So if a, if a customer says, you know, I've got this thermal works, this thermal pop, it's my, it's my baby, this thing's on the money and your, your probe is off three degrees. Okay, no problem. You can go inside the app there, calibrate it to minus three, plus three, whatever you need to do to make it match your uh, thermal pop, right? So that's, we, we've tried to think about everything from a customer standpoint and give them the full tools to uh, achieve what they want to achieve with the, with the grill. Jason Baker joining me here on the show as we talk about the prime line here. Um, Jason, let's talk uh, high level first. Well, you know what? Let me back off that question just for a second and ask you, uh, you know, as we're a year in, how well accepted is the product by consumers? And then the second side of the question is, as top men and women of Green Mountain Grills get together and start talking about sales and performance, uh, where does the Prime hit those benchmarks? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's exceeded our expectations. We, uh, we obviously uh, were in a really good uh, spot with that grill uh, because I think we, we, we listen to our consumers. And uh, we thought with the addition of all these different players jumping into the market that we would not be as successful as we have in the past but in, indeed we have been uh continually successful and we're pretty lucky in that in that respect so all of us are very happy with what we've achieved uh but we're still living we're, we're still listening to our consumers and in the prime line there's still uh, you know a few things that we're going to uh, uh sift through as we've heard uh, some of our customers talk about and we will work on that prime uh, to add even more features to it uh, as as the as 2020 progresses on. So, is there anything that we can talk about uh, before we switch gears as far as new products or add-ons or features that are going to be rolling out here over the course of the year? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, some of the highlights, I'll tell you some of the highlights that people have asked for. People have asked for uh, a light inside the grill. They, they want to be able to see inside there. Uh, people have asked us for uh, kind of a redesigned app uh, to incorporate more of a modern look. Uh, people have asked us for uh, some extra functions as far as being able to do uh, different things inside the grill, uh, like a rotisserie. Uh, people have also asked us for uh, thicker grates. Uh, some of those things that we're listening to, we're, we're definitely listening and uh, we're, we're focused on uh, giving people the best value pellet grill on the market. That's our goal. So uh, as we listen to all these ideas, we're, we, we flush them out and we flush them out and we make sure that it's something we want to uh, entertain. And, and, and if it adds value to the grill and not too much cost, that's definitely something we want to do as well. But, you know, our whole shtick is, and you've heard me say this before, Greg, uh, in my backyard, you're going to see uh, a charcoal cooker. You're going to see a natural gas cooker. Uh, and then you're going to see a lot of pellet grills. But I believe personally that there is, uh, you have the ability in this grill market to cook on whatever you want. I think that there's an application for everything. Yes, can you cook everything you want on a pellet grill? Yeah, I think you can. But there are cookers out there that do a great job of cooking uh, certain items that you want to cook. And I understand that, and that's why I always say the more backyards I go into, the more I see that. I see the charcoal cooker, I see the, the built-in gas grill, and I see the pellet cooker. That's the world that, that I live in myself, and that's, the, that's more of the world that I see as I'm in people's backyards. And, and the more I listen to, to customers talk about, you know, I really like to sometimes, uh, you know, start a charcoal fire. Sometimes I really like to just, you know, cook those, you know, something quick on the, on the propane grill. But that pellet grill, uh, covers a lot of what I want to do on a daily basis as well. So, you know, that's, that's a piece of, not to get off subject, but that's something that I see a lot of uh, my competitors do is kind of uh, focus on this, well, this grill can do everything. And, well, it, it can, but it, but it also, if, you're, if your expectation is, I've used this cooker and this cooker in the past, and that's what you know, it's going to be hard to change. It's going to be hard for you to understand uh, a little bit more complexity into a pellet grill. So I always say when you, you, you should have an arsenal of grills that you're comfortable with that you want to take care of your family and friends with. Well, that was going to be the question I was leading into is did I miss, because I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse <laughs> of what the consumer is looking for, where the industry is going, and I thought I completely missed a whole bit of time here where I agree there were years and years of dudes like me and you growing our multiple cooker syndrome habit where we had multiple charcoal and wood and stick burners and pellet cookers and it was a badge of honor to sit there and say yeah i have nine cookers on the back of varying fuel sources and most people would look at you like you're freaking crazy but the ones that really knew were like wow this is, this is a man's man right here he might be all of 160 pounds soaking wet, but he is a man's man when it comes to cookers. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, did I miss the part where all of these cookers now have to do high heat grilling and offset cooking and medium cooking and uh, low and slow barbecue? Uh, so I guess we, we both agree that uh, while if you had to choose one, for instance, you'd want to choose a Green Mountain Grill, but we do believe that having a multitude of cookers in the backyard is not only efficient and cool, but it allows you to be way more flexible depending on any situation you're put in. Absolutely. 
That's a hundred percent. That's, that's just what I believe in. That's, that's what I preach to, uh, uh, anybody that'll listen. I think that, uh, this is a big market. And I think that, uh, for us to sit here and say that, that, uh, pellets, the only way to go, uh, that's, that's not what I preach. That's just not, uh, that's not, that's not entirely, uh, uh, that's, that's not the avenue I would go to enter into this market. Uh, but I wouldn't go into it bashing pellet grills either. I think that that's, uh, uh, on the antithesis, uh, side, that's, that's, that's something I see too from other, uh, manufacturers. And I don't, I just don't believe in that. That's, that's not a mantra that I, uh, prescribe to. Uh, Jason, I'm going to tell you right now, as you had mentioned, some of the other things that we might be seeing in uh, later in the year. Uh, uh, scratch everything, uh, totally worthless, except for thicker grates. I do believe that thicker grates is probably a good thing. Uh, forget about the light in the cooker. That's probably worse than the window peeking into the cooking chamber. I don't even remember what you said the other thing was. Oh, uh, refreshing the app. I mean, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Jason, as you, mm-hmm. as you guys are sitting here putting the it's just me and you talking. Do you, do you guys really believe that the majority of consumers that are buying pellet cookers are demanding the amount of freaking tech that is going on to these cookers? Or do you feel like you have to put it on like you feel like you have to show up to X trade show or Y trade show in order to be there? Man, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a different world out there, Greg, and I feel like it... Uh, am I an old guy now, time- Jason? Am I old? <laughs> yeah, we, I am. I know. I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to say I am. And, and yes, I, I would tell you that, look, the, 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 the gamer community is, 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 is intense, right? I'm, I'm not a gamer. I don't really understand it all that well, but I do know that it's growing. And I know that I've got a couple employees that, that uh, are great and they love our grills. And they push the grill out there to a world that I don't even know. And you've got all these guys that are gamers, you know, cooking, cooking a brisket for the first time going, man, that was easy. That wasn't that difficult. I got this. And they're doing it from an app. But then they're opining and they're saying, oh, well, you should add this or you should add this. And you just feel like you have to listen, right? I guess. You would know better than me. I'm just here to uh, fashion like to opinions and throw it out there for everybody's consumption. Hey, uh, why don't you do this? Go over to GreenMountainGrills.com, check out what they have, and then find a dealer nearest you so they can educate you properly, and that way you have it ready to rock and roll when you get home. Jason, always appreciate the time and the support of the show here, my friend. Let's do it again. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. I'm glad you didn't ask me about uh, pineapples or Bloody Marys. Thank you. I-, I know better than that, Jason. We've known each other too long for crying out loud. There he is. <laughs> Jason Baker, everybody, from Green Mountain Grills. I mean, there's no way I'm going to ask Jason about pineapple or bloodies. We all know about that now. I just did a great recording with Meathead, and I, uh, for his podcast that I do on his Pitmasters Club forum, I was able to reuse the pineapple sound yet again. I mean, it's week six of pineapple madness. Maybe it's week six? Two, four? Yeah, week six. That's incredible. Uh, are we going to get another pineapple news cycle out of Meathead? That's what I want to know. Derek Riches is coming up out of the break. And let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. 
They also have a great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put those two together, and now you have the West Coast offense. Winning each and every weekend, also winning in the backyard. If you haven't tried Big Papa's Rubs or Simply Marvelous or some of them together, you're missing out. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you are on the lookout for a new go-to sauce or you're sick you're making your own, try Granny's. You just might love it. And they're selling cookers as well. You know it. Mac two-star general pellet grill. Meathead loves it. Darren Worf loves his pair. Sterling cooks on some. They're the exclusive Mac dealer, and they offer special packages as well if you don't like pellet smokers. Old Hickory Ace BP could be just what you're looking for. Big Papa trusted on his competition trailer. There's no other charcoal smoker on his trailer, by the way, just the Ace BP. If you're not sure of what you need... Give them a call, 877-828-0727. They got something for every kind of level of cooker and budget. B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers, Big Papa Smokers.com. And I feel bad for California, too, competitions, by the way. But they are dropping like flies out there. I think, was it five or six more California barbecue competitions are gone. That sucks. How can you win Team of the Year, Sterling, if you have no damn contests anymore? All right, stand by for Derek Riches. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Getting through the first hour, and this portion brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy from Amazon.com if you would rather, but go to CookinPellets, C-O-O-K-I-N, Pellets. Dot com and load up. They also have 100% hickory pellets. Believe it. it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and we will be joined by my first hour recurring guest, a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. Check him on his website, DerekRiches.com. That is the aforementioned, by the way, Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I'm fabulous. How are you? Oh, all right. All right, so we have some things to talk about here this evening. Uh, look, uh, Derek, if we're covering the industry, and when I say we, I mean you professionally, me in a trolling-type sense. It's been hard to miss the talk of Weber Smokefire, and as we roll it back, it was, I don't know, I mean, do you remember a time when there was a more hotly promoted slash anticipated cooker getting ready to hit the market? I was thinking maybe... Traeger Timberline a couple years back because I happened to be at the end or the HPBA Expo in Atlanta the year it was coming out and I got to walk around it. But then I figured, well, I wasn't there. I probably wouldn't even really hear about it. So I tempered where I thought how hot I was on that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is probably the biggest release we've kind of seen in the industry. Easily? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So a lot of people hyped up on it. And do we want to attribute that because it is mostly on the back of a very well-respected global brand, that being Weber? Or was there some really good hype-up stuff to get 
and rally around? Well, you know, it, it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's Weber. I mean, they just have such huge brand recognition. And those of us that are really in the barbecue world, we know all these brands. But there's a lot of people out there. They know Weber, and then there's other stuff that gets sold. And so, um, yeah, it's they have a lot of power in the in the business, just for their age and the size. And you know, it's a global company, and they have the kind of power to create that hype. I thought as it was getting ready to be released that. The company itself would lend a new level of, I'm going to make up a word, household namedness to pellet cookers. I mean, as you said, we're in the industry. We've known about pellet cookers for as long as you've been showing up on the show. Uh, we've talked about original Traegers before all the selling and all that stuff. And yeah. that was like the only one. Then Fast Eddie came out. And then all of a sudden they were all over the place. Uh, patents run out. Everybody rushes to market. And now we have number of fairly well-known brands amongst us in the live fire community, but I still struggle with myself to wonder if the average Joe or Jane really knows a lot about pellet cookers unless they happen to roll across one at a Lowe's or a Home Depot and that Weber would uh, up that knowledge base because everybody knows Weber, oh, it's a pellet cooker, and now more people would know. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think Traeger's done a great job of building a lot of recognition and getting the idea of the pellet grill out in front of people. But, you know, Weber's reach is, is bigger. And so I think there are people out there going, hey, Weber has invented the pellet grill. And uh, we're going to run with that. So, you know, I mean, there's kind of that to live with, it, you know, in that a lot of people are being introduced to it now. They're real new people. And I've seen a lot of feedback from people. It's like, I didn't really know what to expect from a pellet grill, but I bought one anyway, bought this anyway. And that's where we have this a bit of a problem with expectations. All right. So let's talk about what we or, or what you have heard uh, from folks about the Weber Smoke Fire. Uh, I'm not real huge into uh, slamming or praising anything that we don't have first-hand knowledge of. I don't own one, so I'm not going to go out of my way to talk about how it cooks or how it does it. I'm more than happy to speculate on the kooks on Facebook just in general. But uh, what do you know about the cook? There are problems. Um, and it's hard to gauge at this point. You know, I mean, that's the problem with Facebook, with social media. Is it there are a lot of people out there jumping up to defend it and a lot of people jumping out to attack it. And so I think the dust has to settle a little bit to get a better gauge on that. But when you look at the negative reviews on Amazon and Lowe's and some of the other sites, you know, it's not going well. I mean, yeah, certainly there's a lot of people who seem to have it and it's working fine. It's working exactly as advertised. And there's a lot of people who are taking it back. And that's there's a perception of a problem. And that's as big of a problem as, you know, any of the technical issues. All right. I don't have one. Do you own one, Derek? I don't have one at the moment. Um, are you getting I kind of put a, uh, yeah, I'll probably have one. I, I don't. One, because Weber didn't seem to send any press units for review. And I'm not sure if that was their, hey, we don't want this in front of certain people right away. Um, Speculating. But also, I've, I've put a moratorium on collecting products for a little bit. Just because you have a vast array lingering, or is that some other personal issue? 
Well, it, it's another personal issue. It'll come up in about a month, and uh, everyone will understand. Okay. Uh, so uh, everything that you heard is just stuff that you're seeing or, or researching for yourself. So um, you know, part of this segment was going to be talking about expectation, whether that be on the customer side or whether that be what expectations are manufacturers setting for their consuming public. Is there any type of error or fake reviews or whatever that we can associate with whatever we're reading on the internet? Certainly the folks that have made a video and they showed their errors or their cooks got effed up or, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know if, uh, and the other part of it, I guess there has been assembly errors that may have led to uh, issues of uh, food catching on fire or grease fires or something like this. Uh, but I just have no way of, that's why I was like not really ready to just jump on and be like, hey, F this or hey, this is the best. Because I just can't figure out, and I've always wanted to maintain a Derek Rich's decorum of professionality. That's another word I just made up. Uh, professionalism, where we're not just jumping on to beat a dead horse or continue to praise something that has been overly praised. So I just don't know where I should be believing or or uh, or what, or if I should just try and tune everything out until a month or two or six months passes and there's a better percentage or return of people that have bought them and, and decided, hey, I, yeah. these, these are legitimate issues. Or maybe Weber steps in and goes, hey, we realize there's a handful of issues that we have to fix, and that'll be fixed in version two or send this one back or whatever. I just don't know where I need to be looking or hearing. Well, you know, and a lot of the problems that kind of come up seem almost, you know, someone's having a problem, other people are having no problem. And th that becomes an issue of getting a single unit in and testing that out. You know, I mean, I'm, I could have gotten one as soon as, as, as they were released, and maybe I had absolutely no issues with it whatsoever, or maybe it just didn't work at all. Um, I've talked with some retailers and some people in distribution, and yeah, there's a couple of real issues. One of them is related to the assembly issue what you're talking about, and that's not entirely on the consumer side. Um, it seems as though there's a misalignment going on with the way with the placement of, of your fire pot, the central bit there, not aligning directly, which is causing a lot of the uneven heating and. So there's some calibration that can go on. Now, it shouldn't have been able to come out of factory in a way that so many units could be assembled incorrectly. So, you know, I, I think there's an issue there, but I think that that one can be educated out. Say, so go in, make sure this is aligned, tighten it down, and you'll be okay. As far as the pellet feed issue goes, uh, I was talking with someone, and they kind of brought up that there's that some people seem to be having it more of an issue with that if it's really humid. Versus if it's really dry. But I don't know if that's, you know, again, is it too early to really say? And, and it's kind of like that's a problem from that perspective. If that, was, if that was the biggest issue that we were looking at at this point, would it even be an issue? Like, I, I hear about that and I'm like, who gives a fuck? I was, I shot a video. Selfie? I mean, I shot a video uh, on Saturday when I was doing a reverse sear on my Traeger Timberline 850. 
and I'd had it on for a couple hours. And, you know, uh, it's a square hopper. It's not behind it and, and rectangular. Right. But there was uh, the, the inside left part was drained quicker of pellets than the rest. So I opened the hatch and stuck my hand and swooped them over and problem fixed. I mean, if that's the worst problem I got, I'm doing all right, I think. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I've tested a lot of pellet grills and there are a lot of them. It's, you know, it's like, oh, it's it's gone out. There's no pellets in there. Oh, no, there's still like five pounds of pellets in the hopper. They just haven't fed in right. It seems like you should be able to design that. But wood pellets are not consistent. They're, you know, they're a different medium. And depending on what brand you buy and how you store them and how humid it is where you live, they're not that even of a fuel source that you can be 100% reliant on. So, you know, not all of that is on Weber. Some of that is on the nature of wood pellets. Uh, Any other hot items that you're hearing about uh, as we look at, like, the first review of Weber Smokefire? Well, I think that a a big issue, I I think the really big problem is, is that when Weber was out there and they were talking about it, they were talking about all the capabilities it would have, which it does have, does seem to have under normal circumstances. But then it's like, oh, well, you know, once in a while, you're going to have to go in there and clean it out. It'll take you two minutes. It's not going to be an issue. Um, all the grease will drain out through the bottom. All the ashes are going to fall out through the bottom. That's not real. That's not true. And it didn't seem real when they were making those claims. Um, so the it's- fact that it can have grease fires and you know there's already people going it's the weber grease fire and you know it's got that problem you have an open flame system with fatty foods you're going to have flare-up problems you're going to have grease fire problems it's not something you can truly avoid but their claims were a little excessive i think uh misleading or just uh over hoping uh, i, I Oh, that's a hard one to answer. I can't imagine that they weren't really aware of that, you know, if they had tested it. It does seem like there wasn't enough real-world testing. I mean, Weber in the past, is. I mean, there's been people that have received prototypes of other products, and they've tested them out long before Weber's ever announced its release date. And they've been able to do kind of real-world testing. And it doesn't seem like that this happened this time. Um, you know, they could have sent it to some people and said, hey, play with this. Here's an NDA. Don't talk about it. Give us your feedback and we can make sure it works, you know, out of the box. Um, this has been a stumble for them. Hmm. All right. Uh, Derek Riches joining me here on the show. DerekRiches.com is the website. Uh, I had had Kevin Coleman on my show in November and he told me that he had personally had over 800 hours of cooking on this unit. Uh, there's no reason to discount that statement, is there? No, I don't think so. Yeah. But what are the circumstances? What are the environment? Um, let's talk about expectation. Uh, from a consumer's standpoint, <coughs> should a pellet cooker potential buyer, somebody that might be a little bit new to this portion, should they be expecting to buy an all-in-one cooker? As I was just talking about with Jason Baker, who, by the way, is a multiple cooker fan, said that uh, it seems all of a sudden that everybody wants one cooker to do everything instead of having a gas grill and a kettle and a pellet cooker or maybe an offset if you're lucky. 
I don't actually think that from the consumer standpoint, they're looking for the grill that is all things to everyone. I think from a manufacturer standpoint, they do want to have that. I mean, if you're spending $1,000 on a pellet cooker, you're probably a little bit more sophisticated than the guy who buys a $150 gas grill every three years and then throws it away. Um, they don't care that much. Um, we live in, in this day and age where um, a lot of people have multiple cookers. I mean, you've got a gas grill, you've got a charcoal grill, you've got a smoker. I mean, that's kind of been where the industry growth has been for the last 10 years. So... Weber's push to try and make this the super universal cooking apparatus, I think, was an overreach on their part. Pellet grills make great smokers, and it's it's always been kind of a misnomer. When Joe Traeger made the first pellet grill, he called it a grill because he wanted to make a grill because he hated his gas grill, and it that stuck. And but the growth in pellets was in its smoking capability. It was such an easy smoker with real wood fire. So they should have been called pellet smokers in the beginning. And then we could have looked at approaching the pellet grill from a different perspective, I think. But this is, I don't know, this, you know, I mean, I've, I've been trying out a lot of these kind of pellet cookers that, are trying to go for this sort of things. I mean, the, the latest one I've had was Oklahoma Joe's Ryder pellet grill. It has open flame capabilities and it flares up. It throws grease fires. It throws them like a blowtorch. But if you're doing hot cooking, it, it's actually okay. As long as you're present and doing real fast cooking, that's okay. It's when you're smoking that and expect to be able to walk away from it. This that's the set it and forget it problem. Some pellet grills can pull that off and they're going to be reliable. But to come back and say, hey, you've got to push the pellets down every hour or two and it could have a grease fire and, you know, don't step away from your grill and st it'll still do a 20 hour brisket. And so in your opinion, uh, you know, specific to any cooker that has open fire capability, it's not one that you're going to want to cook overnight on and leave it alone if you have a if you have a shield like a traeger green mountain grill or you know a lot of the other ones uh it's it's a lot safer to sit there and do an overnight cook well yeah i mean there are some designs some of them kind of have a two-layer divider that slides over that opens up your fire and then when it closes up it makes a better seal on this you don't have this with smoke fire you have so much open space under there because they went with the flavorizer bars because they had them on hand. That's why they did it? There are crossover parts between Smokefire and their Genesis grills. So, you know, I mean, Weber thinks in terms of the fewest number of parts with the greatest number of products. So I think there's an element to that. Plus, I think they really wanted Smokefire to look very much like a Weber. It does. And design became a big factor in in how it was going to look and how it looked changed how it was going to work. Do you find it aesthetically pleasing? Not particularly. Because you don't like Weber, like the way Weber's look? No, I mean, not that. I mean, it's, I, I find it kind of plain looking, kind of ordinary looking. I mean, there's nothing that, to me that stands out. But, you know, I mean, how many pellet grills are a, a work of beauty? Not much. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's comparatively good-looking, 
but it looks very much like a Weber product. Oh, whose baby? Are you, whose baby are you calling ugly, Derek? Oh, Dad. oh my goodness! Uh, all right, let me uh, let me Plan B you just for one second here. I'm taking you fully off guard. Is there okay. any truth, Derek, that you would be a pro LPG person only, and that you might be working some type of a hidden solid fuel agenda pellets? Uh, charcoal briquettes and lump charcoal, and and you would if you had your druthers, you would somehow eliminate those altogether. Um. Okay, let me put it to you this way: All right. if I had to choose a single fuel, yes, I would use charcoal. <laughs> I am not against other fuels in any way. I have gas grills. I have charcoal grills. I've got pellet cookers. I've got stick burners. I've had all of them. I'm not opposed to any fuel. I think I think wood pellets are great. I think they have a, a, a lot of a lot of capability to them. And I think that, you know, for the for a lot of users, it's a great choice. Um, and I, you know, I have no bias against it. I just want the consumer to get the product they were promised. And I think they need to understand that pellets come with a certain there's certain things that come with a pellet grill and you need to understand that before you go out and buy it but no uh, hidden agendas on pellets or charcoal or anything like that where you would like to see somehow gas take over the world no i i I don't and i actually think propane has a life expectancy so all right well how about that as a release here on the show as we're closing out hey in the meantime go read Derek's stuff over at derrickriches.com and if you can wait just wait like a month, and he'll be right back here on the fourth Tuesday of March as we close out quarter number one. Derek, always appreciate the time. Great stuff, and we'll look for you again in March. All right. See you then. All right. There he is, Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. I don't know if he was expecting me taking a run at him. Oh, I know. I did. Why not? You know, one of my favorite TV shows was Boston Legal. And they'd have somebody on the stand. Boom, they would plan B that person right there where they would accuse that person of the crime. I just plan B Derek Riches. How about that? Uh, we are a little late. So let me try and get back on time before we head to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Fireboard. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously, connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or via Bluetooth. Alexa and Google Assistant capable. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Thanks again to Derek Riches for joining me last segment. Lots of stuff to react to there. If you would like to, send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And his website, if you want to read what he is talking about, greg at uh, derrickriches.com. I was going to give you the email address again. 
DerekRiches.com. That's DerekRiches.com. We are refreshing libations as we point to the second hour. Of course, the Embedded Correspondence segment will be there, and you are ready to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network.